Welcome to News in Context. I'm Gina Valeria. In this episode, we explore the context of libraries, their role in communities both every day and during a crisis. Traditionally, people think of libraries as places where you can check out books, but libraries have become so much more, and they can represent the heart of a community. Joining me today is an incredible panel representing various aspects of the San Francisco Public Library. Michelle Jeffers is Chief of Community Programs and Partnership at the Library. Marie Sapella is Executive Director of the Friends of the San Francisco Public Library. And Jaina Ray Cabrera is Acting Branch Manager at the West Portal Branch, as well as Frontline Essential Worker during the COVID-19 pandemic. I always like to say, we're not necessarily in the book business, we're in like the reading and information and learning business. That's what we're about. We're so much more a sense of connecting your community to resources that you need to live a fuller, happier, more informed life. And also we're a place where you can come to that we don't ask anything of you. You know, we are just open and free and it's a third place for you to live your life when you can come into the library and visit us. Some of it is the same. We're still providing a lot of information out there, whether it's telephone reference service, email reference service, you know, answering questions. We're still connecting people as much as we can online with the resources that we have. And we're very lucky to have a really robust collection of movies and music and television and, and books, 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 you know, in multiple formats for people. But the interesting thing the library is doing is that we're also, we're part of our city. We're part of the city's ecosystem. And so we're serving our city in a lot of different ways beyond the traditional library services. You know, a number of staff, more than three dozen right now, doing contact tracing work for the city. So helping to find a solution to contain this horrible virus. And we also have people doing, you know, the basic stuff of food pantry work, making sure our community is fed, you know, and nourished through this difficult time. We have people at testing sites, just being greeters at the testing sites, making people have a more comfortable experience when they do have to go for a test. And then of course we have site monitors. So much of our unhoused community, the city is finding a way to house our unhoused community and our staff who are very used to dealing with this population every day through the libraries is being a great source of comfort for those people by being there on site helping those people get connected to resources too, if they didn't have library cards, connecting them to library cards and showing them you know, with proper social distancing how to use the library's resources online. So I have kind of a unique role here at the Emergency Operations Center. I'm on the communications team, um, specifically the content creation team. And we do all the social media updates. We write all the copy for 
things like Alert SF, Next Door, and all those flyers that you see around the city that say stay six feet away or stay home, that was my team as well. Right. They knew that I have a background in journalism, so that's how I ended up on the communications team in the first place. I worked as a journalist for about four to five years before switching to librarianship, and I feel like there are a lot of parallels between journalism and librarianship, actually, in terms of like information literacy and community, uh, making sure people are educated with the right information. The day-to-day -day work is very similar. It's very deadline-driven. Whenever the mayor says something, we're on it right away. It's sort of funny to be back in this sort of realm. I thought I left it for forever, but I'm back here. <laughs> and it's, it's been nice to sort of brush off those skills and reconnect with other people in this sort of field across the city. On our team, we have people from public works. We have people from the Department of Emergency Management and the port. So there's a lot of different folks on our team who have communications background. And it's just been really fun, actually, to work with people from across the city department. Friends is basically the community engine of the library. It is the private nonprofit organization that's been around since 1961, advocate for strong public funding and commitment of the city to its libraries, investing private money on top of the public money so that the library can do innovative and expansive new programs, and also then to champion what the values of the libraries mean in our community. Um, which is free, public, unfettered, no barriers to anyone to be able to get help and the, the assets and the information, not just that the library has physically, but this discussion of the librarian themselves is librarians to me are certainly you have a certain skill set you learn. I feel like our job is to make sure that the librarians are armed with everything they need to do the best job they possibly can. And what they're asked to do is expansive. We increasingly see librarians innovating in all these ways to do programming that maybe was not in their, you know, their graduate school program about how to deal with the homeless on the first floor of the main was not in your curriculum. And so our job is to make sure that we can raise money and we can advocate. I think that those needs now are going to be enormous. Right away, I would say that the library is very committed to maintaining learning this summer. 
And so Friends is really the biggest and sole supporter of our Summer Stride program, which is a citywide program that tries to get everybody to read all summer long, aimed at making sure kids don't slide back academically over the summer, that's the general goal, but we also make it very inclusive for everybody to participate because we know that families who read together will end up much stronger readers by doing it together and we wanna include everybody in it. So Friends has been amazing in working with us to help us pivot this incredible program to an online basis. We don't know when our branches are gonna reopen at this point. We don't know when we could have people come back in with their library materials and you know, tell us what they've read this summer, but we didn't want to lose the opportunity to still promote reading and still promote learning over the summer and have it in a different way. And so we're doing an online summer learning program. We're doing virtual programs. Over the summer, we usually host a thousand free programs for kids and families to have something to do basically every day of the summer by going to their library. And obviously that's not a possibility this year, but we're still having a ton of STEM programs going on a ton of author talks and learning opportunities and a daily, now a daily story time that happens in multiple languages. So we're just trying to kind of create a new reality and Friends is definitely there holding our hands through it and being this great partner and saying, yes, you know, we are supporting what you're trying to get done. The library as a place that, again, is, is free and open to everyone has always been a resource for our community that is unhoused. And we've never had any rules that say you can't come in and you can't have library privileges just because you don't have an address or you don't have a place to live. We are very open and welcoming to all. We were the first library system in the country to have a social worker on site so that we could help solve problems that libraries might not be able to do as a reference question, but could somebody who could really connect people who are unhoused to the services that the city had to offer. And so this does become an extension of that. Most of our branch libraries are very aware of their patrons and very concerned and care about the people that come in their doors every day. So, you know, extending this service in this way to serve the people where they are, and in this case, some places in hotels and other sites, is a really important and, and critical job for our staff to be doing. So working in San Francisco has been my first library gig. Um, I started out as a volunteer and sort of worked up from page to where I am now. And I think the most surprising thing that we definitely didn't learn anything about in school was just definitely dealing with people experiencing homelessness. That's a big one that we don't really cover in school. And just how much of social necessity we are for some people. Before I started working as a librarian, I never realized how important just having that social interaction with a regular person every day can be for some people. And for a lot of seniors and other folks, we're it. 
where their soul connection to society in some ways. Um, and that's such a heavy responsibility that definitely doesn't come across in school. And I, I take that responsibility very, very seriously because I know how important social connection is for community and just for everyday living. It's definitely nothing that you can really teach in school. It's more about getting to know your community members and just the whole social aspect of it. It's just something that I never really prepared for, but I think a lot of librarians are suited for it. We have a natural curiosity and natural compassion for a lot of people. And I think that's what a lot of us gravitate to the field for. It extends to all the library staff. I mean, you have like the the e-resource people who are pushing out. I mean, they are working hard right now. Um, the security personnel. I mean, all of it. it it's a culture uh, that comes from the you know the librarian profession and the the institution that it is. And I know that parks are open and we can walk into them, but the library is the only one hundred percent free thing left on the planet, and it's unique in the United States. And it is such an institution, a democratic institution to hold on to. You know, this culture that Jenna was talking about seems to me to be all throughout, you know, whether you're a volunteer, whether you're a security guard, whether you're the IT person uh, and the librarians. It's a foundation in each of these neighborhoods that I think can't be underestimated. It's been very difficult. I think through our programming, we're trying to maintain some of that social connection, especially through programs like story times. At least at my branch, we're still putting out a regular monthly newsletter, sort of inform our community about different new resources that the library has to offer. But it's been it's been hard. It's really difficult. I miss my patrons a lot. I miss my coworkers a lot. I miss the job so much. As much as I like the work here it's not what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. Thank you. <laughs> so I am in uh, the Moscone South building. This is the emergency operations center for San Francisco's response to the pandemic. Each of the large rooms here is basically a different department of the city working on a different aspect of the pandemic. So we have people in operations who are working on the feeding units, helping to coordinate all the volunteers and DSWs, uh, disaster service workers who are working at the food bank. Uh, you have my team, the communications team. We're called the Joint Information Center, and we're the ones pushing out all the content from the mayor and from other government officials about the coronavirus and what we can do to flatten the curve. I don't know how many people exactly are in this building, but there's a lot of us. But we all practice social distancing. We all sit six feet away from each other. Um, we have to wear masks. There are people here whose sole purpose seems to be to remind me to put my mask on and to stay six feet away. 
Yeah. <laughs> but there's like there's hundreds of us here, and it's really cool to see the city come together in this way to um, help mitigate this crisis. We're talking about the role of the library in community every day and during a crisis. Our guests are Michelle Jeffers, Chief of Community Programs and Partnerships at the San Francisco Public Library, Marie Cipella, Executive Director of the Friends of the San Francisco Public Library, and Jane Array Cabrera, Acting Branch Manager at the West Portal Branch and Frontline Essential Worker during the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, it's changing every day, but one of the things that we thought was really important right away, very first thing we did is that families with young children are used to going to our story times, that those happened every single day. We used to do 90 story times a week at every branch. And we knew that a lot of people were feeling like they wanted to keep that connection for their children of hearing a librarian or hearing somebody telling a story, talking through a picture book, doing the little songs and jump up and exercise kind of things that they do around it. That was the very first thing we brought on board. It's hard. You're doing it in a screen or you're, you know, you're being taped. Maybe there's another person in the room with you. It's really hard to do it alone instead of in front of 50 kids and their caregivers. But we knew that people would rely on that kind of service. And ever since then, we've just tried to gradually increase from that and do other kinds of programs and other kinds of services. Once we started the telephone reference service, which is really set up to answer pretty basic reference questions. But we find that people call it because they want that connection too, you know, so the calls become a little bit longer, but it's a chance to talk to a human, you know, and to bring out the conversation and that's okay. That's what we're here for. And our staff want that connection as much as the public does too. So we're really happy to do anything we can do. I would say we're all chomping at the bit, hoping that we can get back into some kind of library service. Sometime this summer, everybody's looking forward to it, even if it means like a curbside kind of service. We are dying to see our neighbors and to see our library friends and connect with them again and share share the vast resources that we have available. And I have to say that none of us knew how to do this, you know, two months ago. The team of videographers at the library and the librarians that have created like this whole series of programs already, just librarians are filming a Spanish story time in their living room. And it's just like amazing how quickly and how adaptive they have become to this new reality. I'm just so blown away that that it looks as good as it does.
one of the things that that people might not know is that a lot of things that that are sort of our stock and trade like teaching adults to read or teaching adults english language skills are actually still going on you know we've got this resilient and amazing group of volunteers and librarians and patrons that just want to keep that going so people are having conversational phone calls practicing their esl skills or the fog tutors that are doing the you know really amazing phonics based tutoring for children about how to read are still like coming up with all these ways to do flashcards on the screen and things like that to keep those programs going. So, you know, even though our doors are closed, a lot of things that, that people rely on the library for are still going on. everybody to follow all the directives that the mayor's been putting out. Wear your face coverings when you're in public. That protects you, protects other people. Stay six feet away when you do have to go outside and stay home as much as possible. San Francisco is doing pretty well in our response to everything and a large part of that is due to the fact that the community has listened to the directives in order to maintain public health. But it's just really important to continue to do what we've been doing, even though we are opening up some retail businesses today. That doesn't mean it's over yet. <laughs> I want everybody to realize it's not over yet. We're still fighting this, and the best way the community can fight this is by wearing your face mask, keeping your distance, and staying home. I want to remind them that the library is still here for them, that we're still doing everything we can to connect with them. Don't forget us and we, we want to reopen as soon as we safely can do it for, for their safety and for our staff safety. Um, and you know we're a little bit different than a retail model because we're, we're, we're exchanging information. <laughs> And so that's, you know, we have to go a little bit slower and a little bit more carefully. And also our city has deemed so many of our staff as essential workers, disaster service workers doing other jobs right now that are more important for the city and, you know, being in shelters and contact tracing. So that adds another element to the work we're trying to do. But I would just encourage them to know that we're, we're thinking about them, we're here for them, and we're looking forward to connecting with them again very soon. Follow the directives, be patient because the library, as Michelle said, is going to go methodically into this and safely into this. One of the things that Friends has done is responded to a request to buy something like 65 sneeze guards so that it will enable the library to go a little bit. It gives them that leg up to not have to wait for something to city procurement because we've already got them for them. So we've allowed them to have a little bit of a measure when they get to possibly holds and things like that, that we're also investing in the, in the safety uh, protocols now. Um, but I would say, you know, uh, join friends, become a member of friends, donate to friends because it really is the way to support your library. It's organized, it's ready, it's made for it. Your money is put to very good use. And I know there's lots and lots of um, places to donate these days, but um, 
one very, very big small investment you can make. And, and the small investments are big um, because they're collective and they're unified into one big pool for the library. But the foundation that we need in the library, uh, if you could just donate a little bit to it, it enables Michelle and Jonah to do their work as best they can. Well, traditionally, I mean, all of our funding is tied up in mostly the programming level of the library. So all of the programs that you hear are spoken about are usually, for instance, we are able to pay for the things that the city can't. I mean, every single author, every single performer, every single story reader, every single curator of exhibitions, we're actually covering that. So that will continue. Now, the two areas that we do know, and we just know, suspect, uh, that are going to have a much greater programming need will be displaced workers. So you're going to see jobs and careers programs, and of course, lost learning time. That, I know, will be the library's passion. Friends has always been a huge supporter of like our local artists, too, that this is the way we support them through these programs and just because they're doing it on screen and not coming in doesn't mean we want, want to compensate them for that work and it compensate them in a different way too because we want those programs to have perhaps a longer life and you know if you caught it at West Portal Branch great and that was its only time now the bigger audience um, longer life online and so we're working through all those things to make sure that the performers that are able to keep all of our programming going on whether it's like uh, APIA history that we just did this month or, or summer STEM programs that, that we are making sure that we are supporting that community of artists, performers, authors, and things through the, through the generosity of the friends. These are going in the category of, I had no idea, which is commonly the response that we get. And I'll give you another great example is, did anybody know that the library really is a cultural and art institute, right? It's a free place for art. When the libraries are open, uh, friends and the library pull off 50 exhibitions across the city, 50. And they are incredible historic. If you haven't been to the sixth floor and seen some of the amazing exhibits that the library is doing, it's really impressive. And people don't know that you don't need to pay a museum admission to go see an incredible local history exhibit. And the San Francisco History Center is top notch ranks with the research universities around us. So there's just another way of looking at the library that, that we are so happy to be funding and part of. The library is the first department to ever get an A rating from its citizens, best department ever in the history of a city. And I also, not sure people know that your city librarian is the head of the entire department, is spent the month working in a single residence occupancy hotel in the Tenderloin at the service of homeless people who have been housed there. I think that is pretty unique among a leader. And I do think that, again, it just shows 
what kind of souls uh, librarians have and, and what kind of, that, that literally librarians will do anything uh, to help you. So I just wanted to shout out Michael Lambert and his great leadership with, with Michelle and her team. Thank you to my guests, Michelle Jeffers, Chief of Community Programs and Partnerships at the San Francisco Public Library, Marie Cipella, Executive Director of the Friends of the San Francisco Public Library, and Jane Array Cabrera, Acting Branch Manager at the West Portal Branch and Frontline Essential Worker during the COVID-19 pandemic. Music in this episode includes Spring Fling by Track Tribe and The Heist by Silent Partner. In addition to hearing news in context every Friday at 8.30 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. on KSFP 102.5 in San Francisco, you can hear it on your favorite podcast channel. We're also on Twitter at News in Context SF, and you can find links to all of that at newsincontext.net. I'm Gina Valeria. Thank you for listening.